Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you. Um, real quick, I know uh, the listeners uh, listened to last week's episode with Scott, but there is a new GoFundMe uh, for oh, right. for you and your situation uh, pinned to the top of the homepage at battleshipretention.com. Yes. Also, I believe my pinned tweet at twitter.com slash Davey Pretension. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a video that you can watch that was shot and edited uh, by our friend Jason Eakin, and I think he did a great job with it. He sure um, did, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so if you want to sort of get a sense of what things are looking like for me these days, you can uh, check that out. And uh, as always, I apologize for my voice. Uh, It is particularly weak these days, but for good reasons, which is that uh, we've been changing the settings on my vent, uh, which means I'm, by, by which I mean like we're lowering my dependence on the vent. So that means like I'm getting less airflow from the vent which means I'm doing more breathing on my own. But that does mean that uh, my voice is a little weaker and uh, I can't, you know, I have to take more breaths uh, as I talk. So sorry about that, but it's for good reasons. So if it bothers you, uh, go fuck yourself. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Um, All right. Uh, Well, you asked how I'm doing. Uh, We're all very sad uh yeah. those of us who like good acting um yeah uh and i guess especially those of us who are steeped in the or have been steeped in the world of television yeah uh yeah this is this is the second time in recent months that we've opened a show with a kind of obituary for a television great scott and i talked yeah. about norman lear yeah. um uh, a few weeks ago and here we are uh talking about the very uh Unexpected and, and, and sudden, yeah. Uh, yeah, sudden was, for us. He was Pat, pretty young. He was, what, 61? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he'd only been diagnosed with lung cancer. We found out post, post-mortem yeah. um, within the last, like, year or so. Oh, it man. happened very quickly, I think. Um, Andre Brower uh, passed away, who, of course, is also uh, a film actor. He's yeah. been in, in, yeah, in lots of Yeah, he was in Glory. Um, he was in... Um, I remember he played a very important role in the mist and that role is the skeptic who is shown to uh be wrong um yeah i didn't see that uh i did see somewhat uh, recently last year she said he was he was in she said but uh yeah we mostly know him um from television from homicide and then from uh Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah. but also in between that from the short-lived but much-loved Men of a Certain Age. That's right, which I never saw, oh. but I think I would like it. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, he was such a great presence and uh, an actor who clearly understood what his tools were and how uh, to yes, use them. Yes, 100%. Um, like, this is a guy who just like even when he's playing you know even when he's acting in glory where you know a lot of those characters like they don't have any kind of like real education or anything but he still it's like the intellectual one like Mm -hmm. he was an actor that just exuded intelligence you know you go you look at homicide 
and he's like kind of the wonderkind uh, detective. And then, you know, even in, even when it's used to a humorous effect in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, it's just one of those things like, I've never seen him play dumb. Maybe he couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> not a bad thing. Um, but that's the thing is like, when I think of actors that just, you just see them on the screen, they don't even need to say anything. And you're just like, that guy's smarter than me. <laughs> um, yeah. And he was definitely one of them. Like, there is a reason that he was cast as, you know, the skeptic in The Mist, and it's because, and that's the other thing, is going into this movie, you know that he's wrong, but they give him a good enough argument, and he sells it enough, that part of you is like, well, maybe, maybe he's got a point. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though you know that that's not what the movie is. And, uh, yeah, it was always a pleasure seeing him on screen. I mean, I, I haven't watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine in a while, but I watched the first few seasons, and he was always, I mean, always a highlight in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I know it ended a few years ago, but I only watched it for the first time in the yeah. past year, so it's very fresh in in my mind. And, um, yeah, he could be the butt of the joke often yeah. because he was the smart guy surrounded by a bunch of yeah. uh, nut bars. But as the show went on, he became sillier. Yes, he did. There's um, there's an episode... There's there's often the cold opens on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which mm-hmm. would have nothing to do with the rest of the show, or like the funniest part. And there was one where there's a bag of marshmallows, and the, they're all like... Um, they like somehow they know that that Captain Holt has never had a marshmallow, and so they all like bet, like, or they try to do the impression of like what would a Captain Holt eating a marshmallow be like? Mm-hmm. And everyone like has their very serious like oh, yeah. but then Joe Latrulio just does this like silly high pitched laugh, <laughs> and then Captain Holt comes in and tries a marshmallow, and then does the silly oh, high pitched laugh. Great. It's so funny. That's hilarious. Um, but then also it never like. His authority as uh, as an actor and his um, intelligence and heart, like it, there's a uh, a late the past couple se- the, the last two seasons of the show, there's an ongoing storyline that he's having uh, marital difficulties mm. and with a uh, uh, Mark Evan Jackson that that's plays right, his, that's his husband, right. um, and the amount of pathos that he gets even after like at that point. Yeah. Six years of being silly, yeah. like still being able to to get across the heart of Captain Holt and yeah. of his love for his husband. Uh, great performance, and yeah, men of a certain age. I don't. I haven't <laughs> looked to see if it's. Hopefully, that's streaming somewhere because um, that was a great show for the two seasons or whatever that it was on. And you'll need to uh, refresh my memory a little bit. Um, so you know, I think a lot about like what are my. Uh, what are my comedy buttons? Like, what are what's something that's like, anytime it's on screen, I'm going to laugh. And okay. somebody having, like, an uh, either an otherwise reasonable person or a really positive person having tremendous hate for someone, whether it be, like, Michael Scott hating Toby yeah. in the office or whatever. Um, and I don't remember who it is. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. But I don't remember, like, uh, is she another captain? Yeah, Um, yeah, and then she becomes the commissioner. Right, right. And tortures him, and, uh, yeah, it's... And just the way that, like, of course, the deadpan way that he speaks, like, 
in such uh, hyperbole about how terrible she is. It's yeah. just hilarious. And also the fact that that character dies and he doesn't stop hating her or talking yeah. terribly about her. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, Men of a Certain Age, both seasons are available to stream on Max. All right. So, yeah, Maybe watch I'll those. do that once I'm done watching uh, all of Monk. Okay. I gotta watch something else. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so R.I.P. Andre Brower. Absolutely. Um, I would also like to tell you about uh, TweakedAudio.com. TweakedAudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. I use them each and every day of my life. Uh, I've been catching up on... Or, or what I've been doing, as I often do in December, is listening to... Listening or re-listening to some of the best-reviewed metal albums of the year. So sometimes it's revisiting favorites, or sometimes it's discovering new favorites. And so I discovered a... I didn't discover, but I knew to me a band uh, from Spain called Toto Mal. Uh, all bad, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, and their album is called The Greater Good. And it's... Uh, I guess it would fall under the spectrum of sort of like art metal, art, like post-doom metal. Okay. Um, it's very good. And it sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. Also, the um, cover art has um, rabbits fighting. Like a no, drawing sure of rabbits did. fighting. It sure does. Yeah. Um, so, David, like, let me ask you this. What? About how far are you from just starting a metal podcast? No, very I, far. I feel very like far. you could absolutely do I, it. I think, I've said this before, to a non-metal person, it seems like I listen to right. a lot of metal. Yeah, I but guess so, yeah. It's like the nerdiness of metal and the devotion yeah. of some of these people is like, I'm nowhere near. I'm still a, I'm a neophyte. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, anyway, uh, sound great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds that are available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Tyler, we're back. Yes. Merry Christmas, as you said. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's get into it, shall we? It's the holiday season. Yeah. Uh, the holiday <laughs> season. What's that? I'm sorry. Go on. I know you're at it somewhere. I'm sorry. I interrupted. What are you No, got? what were you going to say? No, I was going to get into it. So oh. you go ahead. Okay. No, I just said the holiday season is upon us, which is... For people who listen to my other podcast, the one where I met your mother, is uh, a very awkward thing that Ross says <laughs> while trying to hit on a woman in oh, a recent my. episode. Trying to hit on women. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the geez. holiday season is upon us. Uh, <laughs> anyway. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Let's get into it, shall we? What are we? What are we talking about? Well, I'll say this. You know, at this point. We even did this uh, before we started recording today. Like, any time we have a topic that seems not quite so niche, we're always like, we have to have done this before, right? Yeah. And 
I am, I mean, we've been going for 16 years, you know, 16 and a half easily. Yeah. Um, I'm shocked we have not done this before. In fact, even as I say it, part of me is like, surely we have to have done this before. But I don't remember talking about any of this. I don't either. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, um, I was thinking, uh, let's talk about all the different depictions of Santa Claus in movies. Yeah. Now. Okay. My list is composed only of movies in which it's actually Santa Claus. Yeah, me and mine too. Yeah. yeah. No, not, uh, not bad Santa. Not bad Santa. Yeah. yeah. Um, not a Christmas story, which has right, a or, memorable Santa. Yeah, or a Home Alone. Yeah. Like, there are really memorable, like, you know, Santa impersonators. That's yeah. not right. Um, Elf has a great one, played by yeah. Artie Lang, I believe. Played by who? Artie Lang. Oh, I is that think, right? Yeah. I've been so long. Um, of course, in Trading Places, Dan Aykroyd dresses oh, up as Santa. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I guess but, uh, for a short scene, I believe Popeye Doyle in The French Connection is dressed as Santa. Okay, it's been a while, um, yeah. But yeah, um, and so like that could be sort of its own episode, and obviously, you know, there are plenty of movies where a killer is dressed like Santa. Um, but yeah, so here, I want to just stick to like depictions of the actual Santa Claus that we all know and love. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are a lot of movies. I didn't even think about that. We, we could do a whole podcast on Killer Santas. Oh, absolutely. Um, have you seen Dial Code Santa, the uh, French no, I haven't. movie that is like the bridge between Die Hard and Home Alone? Oh, like okay. It came out after Die Hard and before Home Alone in France, and it's basically about a like weird rich kid who like gets left alone at Christmas and he and his butler um, are being attacked by a crazed man dressed as Santa and then he like Home Alone style like builds a bunch of traps and oh, stuff wow. but it's way more violent than Home Alone because it's like it's not a kid's movie it's just about a kid it's not really a very good movie but uh, well obviously I still have to watch it yeah um, um, it also it has multiple titles so it might be it's, I think it's on Shutter, but it's on so it might, might not be under Dial Code Santa. It's sure. been released a lot of times. Anyway, so uh, I'm gonna. What I oh, go ahead. What I realize I'm putting my list together. Yeah. And I don't know if this. I think this speaks me more to me, and my viewing habits over the course of my life. Sure. Almost everything that I have on here is like some sort of like twist on Santa. I have very. I only have a few that are like. Or one of like Santa Santa movies because I don't think yeah. I watch a lot of those. I but I, yeah. I have uh, so I'll start with probably my first introduction to Santa as a character in a movie. Yeah, because I uh, I grew up in a Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street household. Sure. that was a Christmas classic for us. And so um, I'm already forgetting his name, Edmund something. Um, it's not Ed Gwynn because that's it's like Ed- Edwin Edmund. O'Brien? Is it Edwin? Um, and I, know, I think it is Edmund. I think you're right. Okay. Um, I keep wanting to say is. Edwin, but of course that's Herman Munster. Right. <laughs> um, and then Edwin is uh, the Mad Hatter. Oh. Is what? Edwin oh, right, is yeah. the Mad Hatter. It is Edmund Gwen. Edmund Gwen. Not oh, okay. Edwin, but Edmund Got Gwen. Okay. And then, of course, uh, Richard Attenborough played the role in the... Uh, 90s remake, Damn which right I realized, did. like, looking up Miracle on 34th Street, I only thought there were those two, but there are oh, yeah, multiple TV versions yes, yes, that absolutely. I have not seen. I've only seen the two, like, 
big theatrical yeah. versions, 47 and, and 94. But there's a 73 movie and a 1959 movie. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that seems to be the, the main one, main two. But, um, but weirdly, oh my God, what a coincidence. 1959 movie made for TV movie. Guess who plays Chris Kringle in that? It's Edmund O'Brien, right? No, it's Ed Wynn. Ed Wynn. What? Yeah. Ed Wynn plays Chris Kringle in the 1959 movie. Orson Bean is in it. Well, that's a creepy Santa Claus. Yeah. Ed Wynn is a... Who... I don't know what else he did. Looks like just TV. He just happens to have a name similar to Billy Corgan. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, Miracle on 34th Street, and that is like... I mean, that is probably still my, like, sort of platonic ideal of Santa Claus, in that he's, like, um, he's so sweet, and he, um, wait, is it, I can't remember what, in the 90s one, it's sign language, or is it sign language in the original as well? Sign language in the 90s one. What is it? It's Swahili? Swahili, In the the original? Yeah, but that, that idea of just, like, Santa, like he's not just the American Santa, even yeah. though he's played here by an American, or is Edmund Gwen? He might be British. British. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Edinburgh's British, so I, I could see him being British. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Doesn't say right here. Yeah, he is British. Yeah, um, I mean, his name is Edmund. I feel like I haven't run across a lot of those yeah, in the that's U.S. True. That's true. Um, there's William H. Macy in the Stuart Gordon movie. That's true, <laughs> yeah. Written by David Mamet. Yeah, yeah. I never saw it. I heard it was terrible. Uh, it's weirdly, it's weird. This all this movie also came up in when Scott and I were doing episodes, movies based on plays, even though I don't think it is based on a... I can't remember if it is or not. Yeah, I don't remember. But we were talking about... Sorry, we'll get back to Santa yeah. and to Edmund. But we were talking about how... Uh, it's surprising how many playwrights turned directors have done relatively few of their own plays as yeah. directors. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think, think other than Oleana, that might be the only David Mamet play that he directed also as a movie. Was Things Change? Oh, I think I that was a when, play. But now I don't remember. We, so we were talking about like this, we were talking about like Neil LeBute, yeah. who did a couple of his own, but just mostly had yeah. a... Anyway, uh... So anyway, we were talking about David Mamet in general and Edmund, which is a Stuart Gordon movie. Yeah. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, my memory of it is that it's very uh, grotesque. Misanthropic. Um, misanthropic, misogynistic. It definitely probably hasn't aged well in terms of yeah. cultural values. Uh, but it's interesting, and it's got a great cast. Yeah. It's, you know, William H. Macy and Julia Stiles and Bokeem Woodbine and yeah. um, a bunch of others. Uh, yeah, and it's probably like 80 minutes long. It's I'll throw it on uh, <laughs> on Christmas and yeah. see how it works out. There you go. Anyway, so um, that's I guess that's all I was going to say. It's just that, like, my idea of Santa Claus as being, like, just the perfect, you know, jolly old Saint yeah. Nick... Who brings? Who spreads cheer and good, 
good good cheer, whatever. Yeah. What are goodwill as well. Goodwill. Yeah. It spreads goodwill, not just to America, all over the world. Yeah. Uh, is really formed by Miracle on 31st Street, 34th Street and uh, Edmund Gwynn. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, so I guess we kind of have to talk about our childhood. Um, yeah. I was not raised believing in Santa Claus. Like, we still oh. went through, like, the, we still went through, like, the, the motions that well that sounds like we were all bored um but no like we still like observe the tradition like you know we had there are photos of me like sitting on santa's lap and stuff but i don't remember ever actually believing in santa claus and uh and what's odd is like when i think about the christmas movies that i watched growing up santa wasn't a big part of them i didn't really watch any of the Rankin Bass ones? Oh, um, yeah, I did. I watched Allegrin Stole Christmas, Charlie Brown Christmas, uh, A Christmas Story. Um, I'm sure there are some other ones, but yeah, that's kind of all I watched. And so I didn't see, I saw the 90s Miracle on 34th Street first, uh, and then I watched the older one. I prefer the, the 90s one, but that's probably just because I saw it first. Right. Um, but yeah, so, like, when I, th- honestly, like, if you were to ask me as a kid, like, what is Santa like? I think I'd probably first go to A Christmas Story, which, I, and of course I know he's not the actual Santa <laughs> in that. But, like, the idea of Santa being antagonistic and uh, intimidating, uh, that does show up, by the way, in a couple of, like, the movies where it's, like, the actual Santa Claus like yeah. being intimidating and being, you know, larger than life and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so I probably, it probably wasn't until like the Santa Claus with uh, Tim Allen um, that I started like watching Santa stuff and being aware of him like as a movie character. It, but even that, even Santa Claus falls, I think, a little under my like definition of like santa but with a twist because like oh for sure santa dies at the beginning yeah. and then uh somebody else becomes santa you reminded me by the way um not only did we believe in santa as kids we also celebrated saint nick's day or saint nicholas day oh, sure. which not all of americans do yeah. but basically there was the it's december 5th or 6th they Mm. Not bothering to look it up. Yeah. Um, and it's like a pre-Christmas little warm-up, you know? It's sure. like the WonderCon to Christmas's Comic-Con. Uh, <laughs> you, get, uh, you get, like, a present or two or sure. whatever. And I know there's a whole thing with, like, we didn't, like, put our shoes outside of our rooms, but I know that's uh, one way that, like, oh, okay. you put your shoes outside of your room and there's presents in your shoe in the morning. I can't remember. That's not how we did it. We had, we just okay. had stockings yeah, on yeah. St. Nicholas Day. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from listeners if they celebrated or if they continue to celebrate St. Nicholas Day because since, since I was a kid, I never hear of it. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are some. Yeah, you know. maybe it's just a Midwest thing, or it's not a, and not a California thing. Maybe that's why I never hear yeah. about it anymore. Or I just don't have kids. That could be part of it, too. Yeah, that, yeah admittedly. Um, Christmas but like, I don't does. even know if my siblings' kids celebrate St. Nicholas Day. Are your siblings, like, this might sound insulting to ask it like this. Are they, like, super Catholic? Uh, no, I guess yeah, not. It feels like the kind of thing that, like... Yeah. A very devoutly Catholic uh, household. Yeah. I should ask Jen. She, you know, her family was Catholic. Yeah, and Midwestern. So yeah. Maybe, yeah. Um, but sticking with, like, 
the very traditional depictions. You've got Santa Claus the movie, which I know you just watched for the first time. I watched multiple times as a kid, but not yeah. since then. Um, so I want to get back to that. But there's also, in more recent terms, there's the Polar Express. Yes. Which uh, In which Tom Hanks... Does, Tom Hanks plays Santa as well, because he's yes. also the... The conductor. I want to see the movie the, once. And the uh, homeless guy on the okay. top. Okay. Oh, that's right. I've only seen the movie once. Uh, I have seen. I saw it in its entirety only once. I've seen the first hour of the Polar Express several times because the boys are really into it, and so they'll come over and we'll start watching it. But then they can't really stay the whole time, so I'm pretty well acquainted with the first hour um and it's been fun like this is really like the first movie that like they will play you know um oh like like they will reenact and all that um and so i'm going to uh waste everybody's time and talk about some of that no that's because it's adorable yeah um so uh so my facility is right next to my church which has a playground which has like a little like kid size trolley um that's stationary and so the boys will go on there and they will uh play polar express so i'll just say all the stuff they say first they yell out ah bah that's all aboard um and they say and then I say, Where are we going? They go, the no pole. That's the North Pole. Yeah, I got that. Uh, and then they go, the polar oppress which I thought was hilarious. Um that's a very different uh yeah. very different Santa and elf movie. No, no, that um, might be on my list of metal albums to listen to. There you go, there you go. Um but yeah, and then uh in the scene, uh, I think the train is blocked by uh, a herd of caribou. Uh, and so they go, oh no, caribou. And then they look, and then there was one time Dashiell looked at me and he said, you're a caribou. And I was like, I'm not a caribou. I'm your dad. And he goes, no, you're a caribou. And it was very cute. But then, so there's a scene where the train is careening out of control on ice. Yeah, I remember that. And so, uh, the boys and in that uh, somebody like instructs uh, our main character to like steer the train left and then right uh-huh. and then left and so they love that so they'll ask me or Jen to like instruct them how to get off the ice but that's not how they say it what they say is um, can you help me do everything daddy <laughs> that's what they say that's how they define it is doing everything um and so it's really wonderful. Um, and, you know, I watch it. To me, the film is still creepy as hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but they like it, and that's fine with me. Uh, Sorry about that. So, but no, I, now I want to hear your thoughts on Santa Claus the movie. Because, again, I All used right. to watch it a lot as a kid. Um, it's Dudley Moore. Yeah. Is But... I can't. It's but it's David Huddleston who's yeah. who's American, yeah. But Dudley Moore is British, and I also remember, is it a British movie? Because it did huge in Britain. 
but it's, I remember, it's also the first time I ever heard anyone say Happy Christmas instead of Merry Christmas. Oh yeah, um, in that movie. So there must be part of it must take place in in the UK. I don't know if it takes place in the UK. They okay. go to New York, um, and then there's the North Pole. But the initial scene where Santa and his wife freeze to death. By the way, that's the opening scene. Um, <laughs> I think that's in like some like Slavic country okay. or like a Nordic country. And is that what they say? Happy Christmas? I don't know. I mean, the, the elves all maybe that's the, who it is. The, the elves, elves all speak with uh, British accents, and so they say Happy Christmas. That's what it is. It's the um, elves. Okay, Happy Christmas. And so, uh, yeah, I was uh, I was aware of it um, when I was a kid, um, and when I worked at Video Update, uh, we had our uh, our preview tapes and we had one for like each year and so I would throw in like we had a tape for 1985 even though this was 1999 yeah it's like this will be fun so I'd throw that in and so there would be trailers for Santa Claus the movie and I was just like oh I never watched that um but when we decided to do this topic I thought well obviously I have to watch that it's Santa Claus the movie yeah like, for some reason, in my mind, it sounds like, well, this is the definitive Santa Claus movie. Because it's called Santa Claus the Movie. When you watch it, you realize, like, holy shit, this movie wants to be Superman so bad. Really? Oh, yeah. Right, even, like, that's called Superman the Movie. This is Santa Claus the Movie. John Lithgow might as well be Lex Luthor. Um, wow. And then, like, the way that... Uh, I picked up on none of this as a kid. Oh, of course not. And then, you know, you look into it, and I think uh, the director did Supergirl, and I think the producers did Superman 3, and uh, and I think the director might have also done Jaws 2, actually, but anyway. Well, he also did 14 episodes of Smallville. I'm looking really? at it now. Yeah. No, that's... Okay, so I guess... He's clearly got some Superman. But it's just like, when you watch it, like, if you've seen the Richard Donner Superman... And then you watch this, like, you know, once we're out of the North Pole, which, again, might as well be a Fortress of Solitude, um, once we're out of there, it just feels like it exists in the same cinematic universe as Superman. It feels like it. It looks like it. The music, which is by Henry Mancini, I think, uh, sounds like it's trying to evoke uh, John Williams. And so it's just really interesting. Like, it really does seem to want to be like a superhero origin story. Um, I wound up uh, not liking it very it much. Um, I enjoyed the performances. Um, I do think it is a mostly a waste of Dudley Moore, like knowing what he's capable of mm-hmm. and just seeing him so like hemmed in uh, was a bummer. John Lithgow, however, not hemmed in at all. He is as, like, over-the-top as is required. Um, the movie's not terrible, um, but, yeah, it also just... I don't know, I just uh, couldn't really get into it. It might have to do with the fact that I first watched it when I was 41, yesterday. So, you know, <laughs> it might not be for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the director... I don't know how you say his name. Yeah. Gino Sparks, maybe? Yeah. Gino Sparks. Uh, yeah, he did Jaws 2 and Supergirl. He also did Somewhere in Time, which is the 
Christopher Reeve, Jane Seymour time travel love movie, yeah. like romance movie that I've never seen. Um, yeah, and then just like a ton of TV. Yeah, he's still alive at the moment, but he um, it's got to be up there. Yeah, but he was uh, directing Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy episodes as recently as 2019. That's his most recent credit. Oh, and designated survivor. Um, yeah. But uh, I could see him being actually a really good TV director. Right. Like when you watch Jaws 2, it just doesn't feel cinematic. I mean, especially when the first one's directed by Spielberg, who thinks that way. Uh, but the first one really does feel like it's a TV sequel or something. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the movie's fine. And yeah, like, as I was looking up facts about it, it did really well in the UK. It is considered, like, it is definitely in the discussion of, like, best Christmas movies ever hmm. in the UK. John Lithgow said that, like, when he's in when he's in the UK and people stop him, half the time it's for Santa Claus the movie. And the other half it's Winston Churchill from The Crown? I have to assume yeah. so. <laughs> um, or probably Raising Cain. Uh, oh, man. Uh, that is uh, not a great movie. I never saw it, but, like, I have... Do you have this? Do you have memories like this of like movies you saw trailers for as a kid when you were too young to see them and were like, "Oh man, oh, I well, wish course. I could see that movie." Of for some reason, Raising Cain, I was like, "That trailer." Well, yeah. we weren't using the word trailer at the time. I was like, that course. preview yeah. makes me want to see that movie, but I knew I was never going to. Yeah. Or because it was rated R. Not That's never. how I felt. But about. then I never did. <laughs> oh, you're you're fine. Yeah. Okay. I I only did it because I think I reviewed the. The Scream Factory Blu-ray uh, for the site. And then, uh, no, I was that way with uh, The Lawnmower Man. Which, um, you I also was, reviewed that Blu-ray, didn't I you? Which I did. I know, I still haven't seen mostly terrible. Uh, but I did see, not seeing it did not stop me from seeing Lawnmower Man 2, Job's War, with my brother. <laughs> and I was like, this is really bad. But I also, but I thought like, well, maybe I just don't get it. Yeah, I think... I think it was just really bad. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, as far as other, like, sort of classical depictions of Santa, I don't have that many unless you count The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But it's weird uh, that he's in there. I mean, it's one of the ones I thought. And I had never read those books. Um, I think I had seen it on stage, like a play. Oh, okay. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I remember when I saw the 2005 one, and then when he showed up, I'm like, the fuck? This is out of nowhere. Yeah. Why is this here? And then and then he leaves, and he's just gone. Yeah. And uh, I actually rewatched that scene this morning. Okay. Just so I could, like, it's like, well, maybe if I watch it now, it'll make more sense. It really doesn't. It's like a cameo. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I did, I had, like, a box set of all the Narnia books. Yeah. I think, I know I read Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I might have read the second one, which, uh, Prince Caspian, maybe? I can't yeah. remember whatever the yeah. second one was. I never, I definitely did not read all seven as a kid. But I definitely read Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And, um, yeah, re reportedly, you know, C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien were good friends. But uh, Tolkien 
hated that Santa Claus was in Narnia and tried to get C.S. Lewis to take him out. I think he's correct. <laughs> um, sorry, can, can we take a break? Oh, yeah. I need tricks. Okay, so did you have any other like classical like classic. fantasies? Um, that feels like a band name, too. <laughs> um, a metal band, especially. Death metal. Um, well, let's see, looking at my list here, not really, in a way, so I, I, uh, a lot of the staff, you know, a lot of staff members the last couple of days, when I told them what I was going to be doing, um, they said, oh, you gotta watch, uh, The Christmas Chronicles yeah. with, uh, Kurt Russell as, uh, Santa. So I started watching that this morning, I wasn't able to get through all of it, um, because it was so bad or you just didn't have time? Yeah, I know. I was thinking, like, I could have phrased that differently. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I actually was enjoying it. And uh, in a way, like, Kurt Russell's Santa is, as I'm sure you can imagine, has a definite modern sensibility to him. Um, but also just kind of the things he says and, like, whether it be, like, Santa Claus the movie or Miracle on 34th Street, there's always, like... A naivete to Santa okay. when he's in there interacting with the real world and uh, it definitely has that um, and uh, but I think he does a good job and then they also do things where like when a kid first sees him they're like, they're like you look smaller and he's like oh, no, they, and she said you look different and he's like why because I'm not a big fat slob <laughs> and I thought that was kind of funny um, and uh but yeah, so in a way, it's kind of a bridge. To be fair to Santa Claus, it's a fictional person. Yeah. He's never depicted as a slob. Yeah, no, in I fact, like he's kind of a fashion icon. I kind of love the idea <laughs> that like up at the North Pole, he's like got a tank top on with like stains on it. And yeah. like, you know. Always has eggnog in his beard. Yeah. A lot of uh, like empty pizza boxes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's just like. You know, playing Halo. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so in a way, it's kind of a, like, that's sort of a bridge for me. I okay. feel like if a kid watched that, I feel like they could probably sort of transition into something like Miracle on 34th Street, which I feel like a lot of modern audiences and modern kids would just think is just, like, too sappy. Right. But for my money, again, like, the first one is very good. There's nothing wrong with it. But I do love, I love that one from the 90s. I had not seen okay. it for a long time. Jen grew up with it. And uh, as I watch it, it's like, not only is it a great depiction of Santa Claus by Richard Attenborough, yeah, but also the way it's shot, the way it uses colors, like it takes place in the modern day, but everything about it feels like a throwback. And uh, it's got a great cast too. Um, it's got, I think, Elizabeth Perkins. J.T. Walsh, Robert Prosky, um, Joss Ackland, I believe. Yeah, it's it's pretty Who good. Recently passed away. Recently passed away. Yeah. Um, speaking of C.S. Lewis, he actually uh, played C.S. Lewis in uh, the play Shadowlands initially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I guess enough people liked the Christmas Chronicles. They made a sequel. Yeah. There are two of them. Um, I haven't seen it. Okay. So transitioning into, I feel a lot of the I guess a soft way to get into like the Santa with a twist is movies like Elf 
Yeah. Where like Ed Asner as Santa is still very much the classical Santa. It's just yeah. the movie around him is a little bit. I mean, now Elf is a Christmas classic as uh, you can hear me and Josh Long. Josh Long and I talk about on the Patreon, uh, mm-hmm. upcoming Patreon, sign up patreon.com slash battleship retention. It's a way to get extra content and also uh, to help support Tyler because he gets some of the money. Uh, and also, I feel like. Uh, you know how we said that, like, like West is our uh, resident musicologist? I feel like Josh is just, like, our resident eater. He is becoming our resident. Yeah. yeah because now they got sick of eating gross food with me. Yeah. You can't do it. So yeah. uh, Scott refused. Uh, so Josh has become our go-to. Josh like, will never test. refuse. Yeah. We've got, we've already done... Uh, there's one up as you're as we're recording this. There, there's another one coming that's about Elf, and we've got one planned for January. It might not happen, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, so sign up at patreon.com. But anyway, I, uh, Elf. Real, real quick story. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, please. Uh, I remember when Jen and I went to Switzerland uh, ten years ago now, um, and uh, so I wound up buying like a lot of like Swiss candy for friends and stuff. And uh, Megan, Josh's wife, picked us up from the airport. And as she dropped us off, I said, uh, "I said, oh, by the way, here, give the, give this to Josh." And it was like a bag of a bag of candy. And uh, she's like, "Oh, he's gonna love this." She's like, "I don't know, we have any candy at the house, so uh, he's, you know, he's gonna be really excited." And it's like, this is a grown man we're talking about. <laughs> and I like that, like everyone in the household, they're all very aware of how much candy they've got. And it's like, oh, we're running low. <laughs> But anyway, okay. Yeah. Um, we're not a candy house. Uh, Natalie and I are in I get what what I guess has come to be known as an ingredients household. Sure. In the sense that we don't have a lot of like, I mean, I generally keep like some microwave, a few microwave burritos or yeah. like toaster waffles in the freezer. Yeah. Other than that, we don't have a lot of like things that are things, made. Like yeah, heat yeah. and serve type of foods. We're an ingredients household and. Um, a definitely big part of that is we have very few snack products and pretty yeah. much no sweets. I mean, this time of year we have sweets, especially thank you to Kate Kolzik. We have some cookies, oh. which I'm sorry. I was uh, realizing now, as I say that I was supposed to bring you some cookies today. All right. Uh, you'll get some next week. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, uh, thank you to Kate. Uh, so anyway, uh, something like elf, which now is a Christmas classic, but I think given Will Ferrell's sort of reputation, I mean, this would have been the same year as Anchorman. Is that right? Is a that also year 2003? Before. Oh, that's 2004. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, like given Will Ferrell's um, reputation at the time, I think definitely Elf was seen as like, oh, it's going to be like a send-up or a comedy version right. of a Christmas movie. And it definitely is very funny. Yeah. But it also is, I remember even marveling at the time, uh, especially when like, you know, they have to like save Santa's sleigh from falling yeah. out of the sky over Central Park. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this is... A, like fully like open-hearted yeah, oh, Christmas absolutely. movie and I wasn't expecting that but I was a very pleasant um, surprise Elf is also close to me I've, I've said this uh, I said this on the Patreon as well but for the non-Patreon people um, for the low lives who uh, haven't uh, <laughs> the, the deadbeats who haven't subscribed to the Patreon yet. No, great. I'm joking let's, um, let's, yeah, let's uh, push away everyone yeah. no I'm joking of course um the circumstances under which, under which I saw Elf, uh, obviously, or, or, or like 
make it an emotionally heightened experience. Yeah. Uh, my dad had died two months before yeah. Elf came out, and that year, my mom decided that like going to all of the annual like family Christmas stuff would be too difficult. Yeah. So we went to Nashville for like a week, yeah. just like stayed in a hotel and like had Christmas by ourselves. And in one of the nights we went to the movies and we saw yeah. Elf together as a family. Oh, so it's nice. always going to be very close to me because of that and experience of seeing a it. movie where fatherhood is a big, right. a big yeah. thing as That's well. That's true. But um, yeah, my, my dad was a better dad than James yeah. Conn is at the beginning of that movie. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I do so feel like... Elf in the night... Oh, go ahead. I have a hard time viewing that as like a classical Santa. But I think that's mostly because of the casting choice, which is uh, Ed Asner. Yeah. And he's making like... He's making no effort to not be Ed Asner, which is fine. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it's hard not to say, it's like, it's like, ah, Santa seems grumpy. It's like, well, he's not saying any grumpy things. Oh, it's just, it's Lou Grant, you know? Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then another movie that is four years more recent. Okay. It's called Fred Claus. Ah, uh, yes. It is not, in my opinion, a very good movie. Yeah. But, and it's also one that I would have felt at the time is like, this is destined to be forgotten yeah. this is a movie that time forgot and yet weirdly every December I feel like I still see oh, tweets yeah. and blue sky posts about Fred Claus so mm. I guess we have to address Fred Claus but uh, that's another one where it's like it's a comedy but Paul Giamatti is not like he's still a good Santa yeah. like he's a good guy you yeah. know it's not like he's Krampus or anything like right, that you know yeah. he's a good it's but it's the other elements around it that make it that, that Vince, yeah. Vince Vaughn plays Santa's brother. Yeah. And Santa needs help. I, I, I can't I saw it in the theater. I haven't seen it since. I saw remember? part of it a year ago when I was in the hospital. And uh, I only had a regular TV that I had no control over. So a lot of the time I'd just be like, all right, put it on AMC and we'll just see what happens. Yeah. And so Fred Claus was on there. Um, so, but I, but An then American I, movie classic, of course. Of course. Uh and then, uh, you know, because it was the Christmas season, um, you know, the month before, for some reason, they played a, a lot of Weekend at Bernie's, you know, American movie classic, yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. Um, and so, yeah, I, I saw, like, the first part of it. And frankly, I remember thinking, like, well, I'll say this. I remember thinking, like, this is not a bad premise. Right. Of course, a premise is not the execution. Uh, but I did think I... I liked what Paul Giamatti was doing. And again, it's like, the character is not naive, but he is a little bit oblivious. Like, a little bit oblivious to, like, the way his brother feels and, like, what it must be to be, like, the brother of this guy, you know? And, uh, you know, I didn't finish it. I'm sure it goes off the rails. But, uh, but for what I saw, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it has... So it's David Dobkin, the director, coming right off of Wedding Crashers. Mm -hmm. And then this is a sort of... Pre-him being a name, Dan Fogelman wrote the script before oh. going on to do, like, This Is yeah. Us and, and stuff like that. Um, so it's got some, like... I don't know if pedigree is the right word, but... Yeah. Um, uh, potential, or I, I guess it's like it, it has a sort of uh, professionalism, yeah. I guess, to it that it, it 
I, I remember not thinking much of it, to be honest. Yeah. But um, maybe I should revisit it now that it's become a, a classic, uh, or it's on its way to becoming a classic. But you, I don't um, think it was long enough ago that you're like forgetting the good stuff. I mean, you probably have a okay. pretty good memory of it. Um, by the way, yeah, just IMDbing Fred Claus. There is um, a Brazilian art director and production designer named Fred Klaus <laughs> and he he looks like a biker Santa Claus oh my gosh that's great <laughs> anyway. and, and he also speaking of Christmas looks like our friend uh, uh, Alonzo Duraldi oh yeah he does look like Alonzo Duraldi um, so uh, yeah I'm trying to think what else other than that would work as that like Blurring the line between, like, traditional Santa and, like, twist on Santa. Well, I think there are a few. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I guess when you look at something like Nightmare Before Christmas... Oh, sure, yeah. Um, that's probably more traditional. Um, yeah. Although I just... I mean, we don't really see much of him no. as a character. Um, I do like that he, like... It's one of my favorite lines in the film. It's like after everything's ever after everything's done, like uh, Santa Claus comes up and it's like bump, and he says like bumpy sleigh ride, Jack, and just like just has no patience for this guy's nonsense. Um, so yeah, so I feel like that's. Pretty... I should watch that. I I think like you with Polar Express. It's been a long time since I've seen Nightmare Over Christmas all the way through. Oh, okay. I've definitely like caught bits and pieces or started it, not yeah. finished it, which is weird because it's like a seventy-five minute movie. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, I should I should probably rewatch Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, it's a it's a fun like from a Christmas standpoint, it's a fun depiction of the North Pole and all that sort of thing. Um, but I remember, I, I guess now. Nightmare Before Christmas seems like a signifier of the most, like, safe within the boundaries version of Rebellion. Like, yeah. it's still Disney adult, like, Hot Topic yeah. type bullshit. Sure. But at the time, when I was a kid, seeing yeah. a movie where characters were singing, like, a jolly song about, like, yeah. like killing Santa or whatever yeah. they're, they're, they're planning on doing, it felt so iconoclastic or, or rebellious sure. to me at the time. But well, when I was a kid, that's... Then when you see the, uh, you know, the ta walking, talking tree with skeletons hanging off it, and each skeleton has an inverted cross on its forehead, right. like, shit, man. Yeah. Pretty intense. Yeah. Um, it's crazy that that movie is... That it got made by whom? <laughs> it got made by? Yeah. And, and that, that they're really, it. like, they're really embracing it now. Like, I mean... You go to Disneyland this time, well, you go, and that's the beauty of it. It's like, oh, this is Halloween and Christmas. Yeah. We can make we can make money from this at Disneyland for, like, two and a half months. I feel like it's more, I mean, I feel like Haunted Mansion is Nightmare Before Christmas, like, a third of the year, it feels like. Yeah, it feels like that. Like, it's, because like it starts in September, more. right? Like I think it starts at the end of September. Okay, so it's, yeah. Uh, I haven't been to Disneyland in forever. Yeah, because I said this before. I like Disneyland. I've always had fun there. The prices—it's fun. Yeah, the prices have gone up 
that so much that at a certain point I just went like, well, it's not that fun. Like, yeah, it's just not worth it to me. It's, it's too yeah. expensive. I mean, Jen and I used to go all the time yeah. when we had annual passes. Um, and at the time, like, it's like, Oh, if you go three times in a year, it pays for itself, yeah. maybe even less. Um, and now I feel like, huh, if you go like five times maybe, yeah. and you know, but we also had jobs. They would allow us but to go in the middle. I was going to say, at the time, you both had non-traditional work yeah. schedules. Yeah. And so you were able to get the cheaper annual pass yeah. because you were able to go, like, weekdays and off months yeah. and stuff like that. And now, Jen's cousin has a job at Disneyland, like, on the engineering side. Mm -hmm. So he can get us in for free. By us, I think it's safe to say, not me for at least a while. Yeah. But uh, Jen and the boys have gone a couple of times and the boys love it. Like, you know, there's I see all these photos of them like running over and hugging Eeyore and stuff like that. It's pretty cute. Yeah, that is. Um, but yeah, oh boy, yeah. They, uh... Yeah, Disneyland just, just milks this movie that's supposed to be... I mean, I feel like it's a great metaphor for Tim Burton himself. I know he didn't right. direct it, but uh but yeah, it feels like like oh this is very it's very dangerous and then after a while it's like, oh this has been totally co opted. Now yeah. it's on a lot of shirts. Yeah. But Henry Selick is still uh, did you see Wendell and Wild last year? No, I didn't. Really, really good. I, just, I, yeah. I really like Henry Selick. Oh yeah, I stand by him. Yeah. I, I yeah, I rewatched Coraline uh in October and man I know the movie's a few years old now, but man, that's great. It's like a decade old. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a few years. Uh, you know, I look at it this way. I've seen movies from the 1890s. So 10 years old, it's a few years. Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, yeah. Because uh, I remember as a budding cinephile, as a teenager... I would get annoyed by friends who like anything that was no longer on the new release wall at Blockbuster right. was like an old movie yeah. and I would get annoyed. But now I feel like maybe I'm because I'm trying not to come across as the old guy. I'm sure. more like quick to point out like oh, that movie's not so new anymore. Yeah. I will say, Oh, the mo like if it's, if it's older than like 1990, I'll say like, that's older. Yeah. I'll say, Oh, it's an older movie. But I guess what I've become more cognizant of as I've gotten older is that there are movies that came out when I was an adult mm -hmm. that other people who are also now adults yeah. can say they quote unquote grew up on, you yeah. know? So like people like, you know, people who are adults now can say like, oh, I grew up watching the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, I which know. all came out after we graduated college. Yeah. So like those are all movies. That, so those like, I think that's why I try to become more aware of like, yeah, Coraline is relatively new in the history of things, yeah. but there are people who are adults who saw yeah. it as kids. Absolutely. And so that's why I, yeah. it's all I, very depressing. It's, yeah, it's I not, mean, it's but just, also just like the way things go, it's, I mean, something I, that I, an article I saw is like next, next year steamboat willy becomes public domain like that's kind of crazy right i mean i yeah, mean i know it's, it's an older like movie it's, but like, it's overdue like i know i mean disney yeah not to get on my high horse but like those kind of like laws have changed because yeah. of disney lobbying oh, to sure. hold on to like steamboat willy should have been public domain already sure. by now yeah but uh yeah it's about to, about damn time it's just like such a weird thing that like 
I'm sure Disney, you know, they thought like, all right, well, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And it's like, yeah, but now, like, you can just have Steamboat Willie. It's going to show yeah. up on you, and there's, like, nothing they can do about it. It's but, weird. Um, I mean, I, you've noticed, I'm sure, because, uh, like, the Winnie the Pooh universe is all published yeah. now, so immediately there was, like, Blood or, Honey, yeah. or whatever it was called. And then also on the other two in the third season, yeah. Chase Dreams, and they try to make him look like a uh, a bad boy. Yeah. He gets tattoos of Piglet and Eeyore, but with tits. <laughs> I don't think I remember that. Oh, it even it comes back in the last episode oh, that he yeah. like they were all like not real tattoos, yeah. but then like at the very end of the last episode, he reveals that he liked the Eeyore with tits, so he got or the Piglet with tits, so he got it for real on his side. <laughs> I just remember his uh, shitty little mustache. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. A, just like a bit of a bit of facial hair, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, when uh, Ken Marino is like pointing out all the tattoos, like yeah. I came up with this one. It says "piss," and Molly Shannon's like, "Yes, I can see where it says piss across my son's chest." <laughs> Man, that's a good show. It's such a shame that it's not coming back. I mean, but like, it's more of a shame yeah. that those guys couldn't help but be. Apparently couldn't help but be pricks yeah, with the writing staff. That's true. But that's um I think we talked about it and now I'm drawing a blank on the author's name, but there's a book that came out this year called Burn It Down <laughs> that's about like basically writers' rooms throughout the history of like television yeah. have been breeding grounds for uh physical and verbal uh abuse. I believe that. And that the um these aren't like uh Examples like this, what you read about, like Lost, like Carlton Cuse and Daniel yeah. and Lost, like these aren't necessarily exceptions. This is kind of like yeah. the culture that the industry has bred around these writers' rooms, and it needs I'll to be burned down, as the books. I'll tell you suggest. one thing: they're on the naughty list. Moving on <laughs> to uh, Santa Claus. Okay. Uh, so let's see. So I'm trying to see what I've talked about. Yeah, I've only got a few left, but they're like the the ones I have left are like. Yeah, I guess I only have, like, three that I haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, I only have a couple. Yeah, so I've got Rise of the Guardians. Oh, my gosh. Which... I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Alec Baldwin voices, like, a, it's sort of like a Justice League or Avengers yeah. of... It's like... So he's, like, the leader. Yeah. With, like, Jack Frost is, like, the new recruit. Yeah. But there's also, like, the Easter Bunny. Yeah, I don't remember what the, the other one is. The Tooth Fairy, maybe? Is it the Tooth Fairy? I can't remember. I saw yeah. the movie twice, weirdly, because... Yeah. I went to, like, a screening of it, yeah. and then my nephew, who was still, like, at, at that point was still at the age for it, I had, or on this time of year, I had, like, yeah. an award screener, yeah. and he was staying with us, and he wanted to see it, so I saw the movie twice in the space of, like, two weeks I when it came it. out, but... I uh, remember enjoying it, but I think yeah, the I thing... Yeah, it was fine. I think the thing that I remember most about it was uh, going to Comic-Con a couple of years later, and there was a couple where the guy was dressed like Jack Frost and the girl was dressed like Elsa from Frozen. And I was like, ah, I like that. That's great. That's yeah. fun. Um, I remember Jude Law voicing the bad guy and liking his voice okay. performance. I don't remember that much about yeah, it. But I mean, uh, yeah, clearly, clearly it faded from my memory. Yeah, but I that's Alex Baldwin. Right here. Yeah. Um, and then there's, uh, did you ever see Rare Exports, A Christmas no, Tale? So I that's, didn't. That's the... the there's a lot of, like you were talking about, there's a lot of, like, evil killer or whatever dressed as Santa. Yeah. But Rare Exports is actually, like, a Santa is evil. Are he's <laughs> so, evil? Okay. Well, it's that, like, I, it, 
he is evil in the sense that he like meets out punishment to the yeah. naughty kids yeah. and the elves are like monsters that do his bidding. Okay. But he's been like So there's a, a Krampus element there. I guess so, yeah. I never yeah. saw Krampus, but yeah, I think that's it's the idea. Great. Uh, that's what it I hear. Great. Um But yeah, Rare Exports is like a Santa Claus gets like frozen in an avalanche and then yeah. like centuries later he's uncovered and wreaks havoc um and a bunch of like it's sort of like uh an armageddon situation where they hire like the drillers to do the thing they hire like some like big game hunters essentially to like to kill santa claus but to capture santa claus oh, okay yeah and, and cage him yeah. well along those lines i will say that i watched violent night which oh, came out okay. last year features david harbour as Santa Claus, he is not evil, but he uh, has no qualms about uh, killing people that could be seen as a threat. Um, and uh, that movie is so much better than it has any right to be. Okay. The acting is good. David Harbour's great. Um, John Leguizamo is the villain, and he's, he actually does some really good work with it. But, uh, but yeah, I really like this depiction of Santa because... You know, he in a way, like, he's kind of your standard, like, burned-out cop who, like, gets passion for the job again. And, uh, yeah, it's a great performance. And the action is fun. It's it's kind of funny and all that. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, the reason to see it is him as the actual Santa Claus. Um, because, and it's that kind of thing where, you know, everyone's like, oh, we don't, we don't believe in Santa Claus, and rather than be like, oh, they don't believe in me, it's like, I don't believe in them either. They <laughs> suck. People suck, you know, and so that that's kind of fun. Oh, well, you're reminding me, never mind. What? I've made a vow that I'm not going to be a guy who overly quotes, I think you should leave on this podcast, oh, yeah. but I was thinking about a different Santa Claus. Everything has sucked lately. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Um, so I have to see everyone naked to make sure they have, they have tattoos or not. I don't care about it, but it's not nice. <laughs> All right. Um, that was pretty funny. Though. The only other movie I have on my list, uh, we couldn't end the episode without mentioning Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about it. Except, except that it's just... <laughs> just just awful. It's really, really, really bad. But also, he's, I feel like... He doesn't actually conquer them. I think he like. Well, I think yeah. he like makes friends with them. I mean, yeah, these kind of movies always just like had a title that would get people yeah. in the doors. Um, which okay, digression again. Have you read about or seen like how, like the Mean Girls musical and like the Color Purple musical, the like yeah. trailers and TV spots have no singing in them. Uh, yeah, I've noticed that. And yeah, they're just like trying to trick people into seeing musicals. Well, I've seen the Color Purple one a lot. It shows up uh, before a lot of YouTube videos. And um, there's no singing, but there is dancing. Okay. So it's like, all right. All right, they get it. They, they, they put it out there a little yeah. bit. Uh, anyway, yeah, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is the last yeah. one on my list. Uh, the last one, last one on mine. In a way, I guess this is classic Santa Claus, but it's also kind of kind of the Santa from Violent Night as well um, and it's the movie uh, Klaus on Netflix uh, an animated movie that I believe is uh, I think it's 2D my guess there's probably a lot of computers involved anyway um, and it's beautifully designed and it has really good character work 
and really good vocal work. Uh, Santa Claus is uh, voiced by J.K. Simmons, and uh, it's funny, and it's very touching, and it absolutely, like, I recommend it to people as much as I can, because it absolutely deserves to be, like, watched regularly. Like, it is that kind of classic movie, and uh, and it's an origin story, um, and I think one that, like, works really well, and, and it's one of those things where, you know, unlike Santa Claus the movie, where it's like, oh, we froze to death and woke up in the North Pole, and now they're saying that uh, we are cursed to this life of servitude, <laughs> but we're fine with it. Like, rather than something as abrupt as that, uh, this is a Santa Claus who, like, sl- like, you see every step of the way as far as, like, how he comes to be okay with this and, and comes to really embrace it. And, uh, and it all feels very natural, and it really is. I mean, I cannot stress enough just how really great the movie is. Um, it's a great movie in general, but it also absolutely, like, deserves to be uh, considered, a, like, a new Christmas classic. And I think probably in the next few years, because I think it's only a few years old now. 2019. Um, yeah, so that's four years, yeah. But it's really three years, because 2020 doesn't count. That, that's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, I feel like probably in the next few years, I feel like it will be part of the conversation and I could see like at some point maybe they'll make like toys or plush dolls or something like that um at least that's what I hope because uh yeah you know there's a lot of mediocre movies that uh become like you know considered classics and uh this one actually like should be so which is always exciting well I'm glad we ended on a Recommendation yeah, yeah. and not Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Yeah. Uh, you can find us uh, at battleshipretention.com. Trying to, I was trying to think if we reviewed any of these. Did you review Krampus? No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if there's any Christmas movies or Santa Claus specific movies that you could find reviews of at battleshipretention.com. But um, still, you can uh, find other movie reviews. And all sorts of other stuff, including my other podcast, the one where I met your mother at BattleshipPretension.com. You can follow uh, me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. Uh, I'm also on Blue Sky at Davey Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons, right? Yes. You can um, uh, also follow me on Letterboxd at David Bax. And uh, oh again, the Patreon, patreon.com slash BattleshipPretension. Um, and I will say that I'm still writing uh, articles for the Rediscover Television blog i wrote one about uh a christmas story i wrote one about uh a charlie brown christmas that i'm actually quite proud of um and then at the beginning of the month i wrote an article about like what makes a good christmas movie and uh so yeah if you want to go over to the rediscover television blog um you can read those along with several of our other articles that i've written uh, over the last few months all right um other than then, other than that, uh, thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.